Oh, there you are. Hi. How you doing? I thought I was, my old eyes weren't seeing things correctly. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, tonight is Akiva Aron's Bobayom. Oh, right, his Bobayom. I was supposed to go on to it, but I didn't. So I just, just left. I figured either way I record it. Okay. So whoever comes on. Okay, here we go. Um, hi there, everybody in uh, podcast land, wherever you see this, Zoom land. Um, thank God, uh, doing a different time tonight because my nephew's bar mitzvah and Ruch uh, Hashem, lots of simchas. And there's a lot to learn on this week's Parsha. So I, we haven't really missed any Parshios learning, so I really wanted to, to make sure we did this tonight, even if maybe a little bit shorter. <clears throat> so again, because it's not a leap year, we have a double Parsha. Now this Parsha is really a, uh, a gold mine. All Parshios are gold mine, but this one, um, both are. But the second one is 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 called Kedoshim, holy, um, and it's full of, of many many famous ideas that the entire world and pretty much every religion uses. So let's take a look at them. Really, all of them are, are pretty obvious ideas. But like all obvious ideas, the way the Torah puts them out, and uh, it's profound and uh, far from something that we really could have figured out on our own. So let's start with the famous Rashi. Famous Rashi at the beginning of the Parsha, of the second Parsha. It says, here you go. So it says, God says to Moshe, Daber el koladas It says, Moshe, I want you to say the following things to the whole congregation of the Jewish people, which is not common. Most of the time, when Hashem tells Moshe to tell things to the Jewish people, he doesn't say you have to gather them all together. But here, part of the of the of the command is to get them all together. So Rashi says here, why is that necessary? Why is it on you this unusual request that Moshe gather everyone at once? He brings down the Sifra. He says because most of the essential ideas in the Torah one derives from this week's Parsha. As we're going to see, love thy neighbor as yourself, uh, judge people favorably, many, many ideas. And the Hassam Sofer, he has an, a profound um, uh, idea over here that you see from here one of the basic tenets of Judaism. And it says that, what does the Pusik say? God tells Moshe, tell the Jewish people you're going to be holy. But when you tell them to be holy, do it as a community. And this is something central that we say in order to be holy, not only are you not supposed to go up in the ivory tower and go into a cave or go on an island and isolate for, for years and days on end, but says the the way to be holy is to become holy amongst the people. They say a famous story with the Vilna Gon. They say the Vilna Gon, in, in some respects, the famous uh, scholar in Vilna, 
his teacher was a famous rabbi, the Dubna Magid. And the Vilna Gaon was famous for asking, because no one, well, he was the top rabbi, and no one would tell him, you know, if he was doing anything wrong. So he made it his business to ask the Dubna Magid, who really, in a certain sense, was not on the level of the Vilna Gaon, but he was a great rabbi. And he would ask him, you know, can you tell me something that I could do better? And the Dubna Magid said famously to the Vilna Gaon, he says, you know, it's easy for you. You're sitting in Vilna. Vilna was like the Jerusalem of, um, of Lithuania. And he said, oh, it's easy to be, able to be the Vilna Gon in Vilna. Let's see if you go, if you could be the Vilna Gon, you know, not cloistered in your, in your very uh, protected environment. And the Vilna Gon took that to heart. And, but he responded, uh, well, he responded, but the point is, is that Judaism says you gotta be a part of the community. It's precisely by being a part of the community that engaging with family and friends and community, that, that's, where, that's the arena where a person is actually to develop yourself into a holy uh, person. Also famously, you have the famous Ramban. So what's the first commandment? And that you have this whole, whole uh, gathering the first thing god says to tell the jewish people kedoshim tihiyu you should be holy why because i'm holy says god says tell the jewish people you better be holy because i'm holy so a lot to talk about here but the nachmanides ramban famously says what does this mean? You should be holy. I thought if I keep all the mitzvahs, right? I keep Shabbos, keep kosher. I, I, I develop my character traits. So what does it mean to be holy? Isn't that what it means to be holy? So the Ramban says famously, Kadesh atzmecha b'motor lach. Sanctify yourself with things that are permitted. And the way he terms it, don't be a minoval versus HaTorah, which means don't be a person who you can't catch them on anything, but they miss the boat. The example they're not famously gives is, let's say someone, wine is kosher. He's got the most kosher wine that you can buy, but he gets drunk every night. Someone buys the most kosher meat and as stakes every single day of his life. So a person could, could, could technically get the checklist right and, and miss the whole boat of what it means. And so many things, sometimes someone will say, oh, where does it say, you made this up, where does it say in the Torah you got to do this, but where does it say in the Torah you can't do that? Well, this is where it says it. It says you should be holy. Don't miss the spirit of the law. Judaism is just as much about the spirit of the law as the as the um, the structure of the law. Now, the, the dangerous thing over here, which unfortunately in our in the past couple hundred years and certainly is very alive today, is they only take half of the lesson. And we must take the whole lesson. The whole lesson is not only is the structure important, but also the soul. Some people like to say, ah, Forget with the structure, as long as you got the soul. And that doesn't work, because God knows better. And God says, look, here's a basic structure. 
But I understand that there's nuances in every generation and for every situation where you got to keep to the, that's why, that's why it's so important to stay connected to previous generations because that nuance, it's hard to know it on your own. You got to kind of, got to pick it up. And that's what the Rahman says famously. Another famous idea, which is far reaching ramifications is it famously says, Literally, that means in front of a blind person, don't put a stumbling block. So simply put, what does that mean? That means don't leave a banana peel on the step. Don't leave the roller skates on the step. So that's obvious. And of course, you shouldn't do that. But the next four words in the verse tell us what it, what it means in a much bigger way. It's the next four words. It says, don't, in front of a blind person, don't put a stumbling block. It says, fear God. What does that mean? That means that it doesn't just mean a blind person in the classical sense. It means anytime someone is blind from an idea or anytime that I can help you and I don't, that, and it says, you know what? And a lot of times you think the other person doesn't know. It says the verse, God knows. If you're able to help someone or you're able to not hurt someone and you don't, that, unfortunately, uh, ignorance, you, you can't just turn, turn, or turn, turn a cheek. You can't just say nobody knows. You, we, we are responsible. We, we can't just say live and let live. That's not a Jewish concept. We care about everybody. And if we care about them, we want to make sure that they, only, they don't get hurt. And not only they don't get hurt, they get all the good things that they can get. I'm sure we've all had situations where we were frustrated, where there was an opportunity that someone didn't tell us about something. Or someone didn't tell us something that would have stopped us from having something bad happen. And that is a basic idea. It applies to physical things. And it certainly applies to spiritual things. But I know that my phone's trying to break. Okay, moving along here, just famous, famous, powerful ideas. These are all life-changing ideas, which if one really sticks to them, it's really a different existence. It says famously, B'tzedek Tishpot Amisecha. Loosely translated, judge your friends favorably. Now, interesting, we know today that it's it's kind of, uh, you know, considered like a bad thing. No, don't judge. Don't judge anyone. Well, the Torah tells us something about human nature. We do judge. But says the Torah, when you're judging, judge, 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 judge appropriately. Judge fairly. And not only that, judge, judge favorably. Because we always make decisions. We are judging. That's just the reality. We, we do have opinions about what we see, but we, we can choose how we're going to process it. And that is the tremendous mitzvah of Dan Eschavero Lekav Zechus. There's a mitzvah in the Torah. You're not considered a great righteous person. This is a basic Jewish idea that if I see someone do something, and they're not a well-known Hitler or Osama bin Laden or Saddam Hussein, 
They're a regular person and certainly someone who's a good person. A regular person, when you see them do something that, you know, doesn't look so good, you have to engage at that point in mental gymnastics. You have to find a way, and it can't be some ridiculous idea that you don't buy. If you see someone get angry at someone, they got angry. They did. So they tell yourself, oh, they didn't get angry. No, they did. That's easy to say, oh, to be to be out to lunch. We're not saying be out to lunch. We're saying do mental gymnastics. So if you got angry and someone else saw you, what would you want them to think about you? You think about the best possible way to frame what happens. So, so you see someone gets very angry. You could say perhaps, you know, they had a really rough day. They didn't really mean it. I know them. They're really a good person. And this is a very hard mitzvah because it's easy to say, I don't judge, because it's not true. You do judge. But to work on ourselves, to honestly look at things in as positive a way as possible, that's the mitzvah. And it has to be a story that you actually can buy, that you can you can actually tell yourself, you know, that, that really is possible. And believe yourself. The Chavos um, Alvavos says, an interesting observation, which is a scary observation, that besides being appropriate and a very positive way to live, to look at people favorably, says the Chavos when a person notices other people's problems and looks at them in a negative light, is only so much energy you have in the day. And if I use up my energy and time and focus in noticing other people's uh, mishaps and shortcomings, I will not, I will have less time, less energy and focus to focus on what's much more important. And what's much more important because I can actually control that is my own problems. If I spend all my time noticing other people's problems, then it, it, it distracts me from looking at my own problems. And the, maybe it is important sometimes to notice other people's issues because maybe you can help. But you can change yourself much more than you can change someone else. So therefore, says the Chavos that's another reason for the mitzvah of judging other people favorably. That so you don't distract yourself and, and, uh, and, and not notice your own issues. In fact, the Chazanish, great rabbi in Bnei Brak, he said that a very interesting thing happens. When I, when I refine my character, make myself into a more wholesome, expansive individual, I become more sensitive to my own issues. I notice my problems. And I, I tend to almost not even notice. I start to be able to ignore other people's big problems. So I notice my unrefined individuals notice the little problems other people have, and they don't notice any of their own issues. And when you, the more you develop yourself, you don't even notice the big problems that other people have, and you notice the small things that you have. And a person is always finding the problems other people have that's maybe an indication that uh, we, we, are, we ourselves have a long way to go. There's the, uh, uh, a whole, some great books with all kinds of very fascinating 
uh, really funny stories where people, uh, you know, judge the judge. One book is called The Other Side of the Story. Uh, these books, they have the scenarios where you never would have guessed what happened. And, 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 and you, it's a lesson for the future to not jump to conclusions. But that would be one of my favorite funny stories. So in the Catskill Mountains, probably not today, but it used to be in the Catskill Mountains, people had these little shanties they used to live in in the summer. And they weren't very, you didn't have good screens and you didn't have good air conditioning. And there was lots of bugs around. And people would have parties and the bugs would be a rain on the party. So one family, the Schwartz family was having a party. And what happened was, is the bugs were messing up the whole thing. Everyone was swatting away and swatting away. And finally, a lady the, from the kitchen, she kept hearing the door creak open and she kept yelling for anyone to close the door because the bugs are coming in. And it just so happened to be that her next door neighbor was walking up the steps and she was about to come and knock on the door. And the lady heard the door open from the kitchen and she yells out from the kitchen, would you close the door before the pest comes in? And the lady was sitting there aghast at the door, hearing the lady from the kitchen, thinking that she didn't hear and she called the neighbor a pest. And we know she was talking about the bug. And she runs away from the house. A minute later, the husband figures out what happened. He runs after her and says, no, no, my wife was talking about the bugs, not you. It's like, I know, I know, I don't believe you. You're making up stories. And the, this, I believe the stories, the book says they never actually made up. They ne she never quite believed that the lady was talking about a bug. So there's count, we all can think in our life, many, especially now with texting and emailing, a person can easily mistakenly write something they really don't mean at all. And a person takes it the right way, especially a lot, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of this, but it's become uh, acceptable to not spell, to not spell things properly. And a lot of times when things aren't spelled properly, people cannot, they, they have a wrong message is given over. So we really have to be extra careful to always judge people favorably because bad things can happen. And, and it's a much, much, much better life um, to, uh, to, that's a very hard thing to do. So let's move along, you know, just to share a few more ideas. So many famous, you know, uh, principles for life. It says, verse 16, Don't stand by idly while your friend's blood is being spilled. Simply means the obvious. If your friend is being hurt, you got to help. Everyone, you know, everyone says, you know, by the Holocaust, you know, uh, someone didn't help, you're responsible. That's a basic Jewish idea. We don't believe in live and let live. If you can help someone and you don't, you're held responsible. But they, but Rabbi Noach Weinberg, one of my favorite uh, uh, speakers these days, I'm becoming a big fan of his. Listen, Tuesday nights. Here he is. He said, this is one of the many sources in the Torah that you have to help your friend out spiritually. He says, if I have to help you, if you're getting a blood, your, your physical blood spilled, I certainly have to help you if your spiritual blood is spilling. 
And that's an obligation. We can't stand by idly if we, we have the ability and we all have some sort of ability to help someone out spiritually. It's a very scary thing because we all can do that. And uh, so just today, um, you know, we're working on expanding Pradik Shoresh. And someone asked me, like, you know, what do you need to expand Pradik Shoresh for? I said, did you know that there are over 20,000 Jews in the area over here? And a very high percentage of those Jews have, not only do they have a watered-down version of Judaism, they have no idea what Judaism is. I said, we could actually probably hire 100 staff members and not um, accomplish what needs to be accomplished in Little Rhode Island. They say you're an incredible people person. And Baruch Hashem, thank God, people on our staff are, are fairly good people persons. They say a very good people person can't, cannot manage 50 intense relationships. They say you're like Dale Carnegie, if you can manage 50 close relationships. They said even if you manage 20, you're good. So do the math. If there's over 20,000 Jews around here, and if you're really good, you could be close to 50 people. And if really, that's incredible. Your average good person, only 20. We, we, there's so much to do. And we have to remember that every day that, uh, and feel that. And I said this to Saul once. I said, you know, if God forbid your brother or sister or your child of someone, your best friend, somehow was was oblivious to their soul's needs, you wouldn't be able to sleep at night. You know, we have a big family. We got a big family and and, uh, and we have to care. We have to care. We can't we can't just do our own thing the same way you wouldn't, you know, about one's child, God forbid. You wouldn't say, ah, you know what, so my so my so my so my so my child is 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 sick physically. So my child is sick spiritually. You would never say that. And we have we have extended family that we have to we uh, we we are if we can do something and we don't everyone can do different things not everybody has the same capabilities but everybody can do something. Okay, just a few more. Again, these are all simple ideas, but they're they're really at the core of Judaism. This one is one of the hardest mitzvahs in the entire Torah. It says, you cannot hate your brother in your heart. So what does that mean? You have two choices. Actually, three choices. You, if I hate you, I can hate you in my heart. I can hate you and let you know. Or I could forgive you. So I was talking to my Rabbi Rabbi Lipson years ago once about this mitzvah. And he said, you only have two choices. You cannot keep it in your heart. If something bothers you about someone else, either you got to forgive them, which is the best. But if you can't forgive them, you, you really got to get it. You got to tell them, really. Sometimes you cause more damage with that. So obviously, you got to be a wise person. But in general, you can't just keep it in. So a lot of people, if they know this law, it forces them to be more forgiving because most people don't want to talk to other people about their problems or they're even embarrassed about their problems. And when if the, and the Torah actually is teaching us, when you get something out, sometimes you realize a lot of the time there's really nothing worth hating about. Because you're embarrassed, you're going to go over to, 
This happened to me the other day in shul. So someone was complaining about something in the shul. So I said, you know, why don't you tell the rabbi? He's like, nah, 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 nah. He, he, he felt embarrassed. He's not going to go tell the rabbi his complaint. He told me his complaint. But he doesn't have the guts because he realized once he articulated it, he realized his complaint was, was, was a not very important complaint. But this, this really is where you separate a very high person from the person who's not as high. A person who lives with this, you, you can't, you, Judaism doesn't believe in walking around with grudges. Uh, you got to work it out. Work it out by yourself. Work it out with someone else or, or get rid of it. And uh, this really is not common wisdom. Uh, in our culture, probably in any culture, this is not something you would know on your own. I mean, I believe that um, the world of mental health is, 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 is professing this today, that people need to not keep things in. But we had this from the very beginning of our times, that uh, keeping things in is not a good thing. Sometimes it may be the lesser of two evils, but um, okay. Now, here comes one of the other hardest mitzvahs in the Torah, period. Lo sikom, I am not allowed to take revenge. Not only can I not take revenge, I can't bear a grudge. Now, what does bearing a grudge mean? Bearing a grudge means if I today go to you and I say, can I borrow your car? And you say no. And then you come back to me the next day and you have the chutzpah to ask me to borrow my car. Even if I let you use my car, but I do it begrudgingly, that's not allowed. If someone hurts you, the proper um, reaction from the Torah is that this was meant to be. It's actually, they say the great rabbis, when, when people would hurt them, instead of getting upset at the person in front of them, they would look up and they say, God, what do you want? And there's no way a person could possibly be expected to keep this level if you don't believe in God. Because the only way to not bear a grudge is if you believe that it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Somehow I needed to have this pain, and this pain is good for me. And that, and obviously that person shouldn't have done it. But if God didn't want me to have it, it would not have happened. Okay. Um, you know, late, a couple more ideas. Now, this again, these are this is like a list of the top 10 hardest mitzvahs in the Torah. This, I believe, the Talmud may even say this is the hardest mitzvah. It says, If I see you do something wrong, I have to tell you. I have to teach you. Hochech means I have an obligation to teach you and not sin in the process. Which means I have to care about you enough that if I see you do something that's wrong, I have to tell you. I have to tell you. Now, you may say, well, look, I can't think of a way to tell you. I actually have a story with this. That... A friend of mine said, look, you know, I have some relatives that are doing some inappropriate things, and I feel if I tell them, they're not going to listen to me. 
So I shouldn't say it, right? I shouldn't say it because they're not going to listen, which is what the Mishnah says, what the, what the Rashi says. But I told them, and I heard this from somewhere, that you know what? If you need to have strong enough relationships with people, that you'll be in a position that you could see something, right? I need to tell my kid something, right? Of course, if I have no relationship with my kid, I won't be able to say anything to him. But if I have a good relationship with him, I'll be able to say something to him. So we, we have an obligation. If we could teach someone something, we have to teach it to them. And this is about life, life, life things and Torah things. Okay. Um, fine. All right. Now we're going to do the famous one, which every religion in the whole world uses. Love thy neighbor as yourself. Christianity talks about this. Everyone talks about this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what in the world is that supposed to mean? How can I possibly love someone else as much as I love myself, right? I'm, uh, and we're all hardwired with the with the um, survival instinct. So how can I love my neighbor as, my, as much as myself? So it's actually an argument with Nachmanides and Maimonides. Forgot which one says which. One says, you know what, you're right. It's impossible to love someone else as much as you love yourself. But you know what you can do? You can at least treat someone else the way you want to be treated. Either way, this is demanded. This is demanded for everybody. It's not just for family. It's not just for friends. You got to love everyone. And I heard once, so why does it say love them like yourself? It's an interesting way to say it. So I heard once from Reb Shaggy Neuberger, and I heard this from many other people, that you cannot love someone else if you don't love yourself first. So that's why it says, love your neighbor as yourself. You have to love yourself first because if you don't love yourself, you can't understand the way other persons should be treated. One last idea it says in the beginning, it says, God gave us the Torah. He said, We should live by the mitzvahs. Famous Gemara in Sanhedrin. We see from here that a person is not supposed to give up their life to do mitzvahs. The Judaism is about living. There's only three things that you're not that you're supposed to give your life up for. So Moshe Feinstein says, what do you mean? The whole purpose of life is, is our souls. Why don't we give up our lives? So says Ramosha that no, you don't give up your life because you want to have more life. And, and, and so the purpose of life is, is to be able to continue to grow our souls. And the Gera Rebbe said a little different nuance. He said that person says, what, what keeps you going? What makes you alive? Well, that's what it means. The Torah, what, 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 what gets you going, of course you can enjoy basketball and you can enjoy food and enjoy everything. But what you got to do 
is you got to make the things that really make you tick need to be the Torah. So let's just do a quick review. We talked about the idea that the way to be holy is to do it with, with other people. It's not to be cloistered away. You got to have other people. We also said that it, it, uh, Judaism is not just about the structure. It's about the spirit of the law. We talked about how if you see someone is making a mistake, someone's going to hurt themselves, you got to help them. We talked about judging people favorably. You got to judge people favorably. And, um, and, 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 and the way to do that has to be something that you would buy, that you actually would do it. We talked about the Chavos Halvavos who says that a person can get distracted by noticing other people's faults and, um, and, and distracts them from, from taking care of their own things. And how funny sometimes it can be, and not funny, if you, you take a story at face value without thinking about it. We talked about not standing by idly with someone's spiritual blood or physical blood is, is spilling. We talked about you got to be able, um, don't keep things in your heart. You got to either tell them or you got to forgive them. We talked about how you got to be able to correct other people and find a way to be able to do it properly. We talked about the only way to not really be able to, to be, to be, to be jealous, to be, um, to have a grudge is to believe in God because he believed that everything was meant to be. We talked about how important it is to love other people and the way to love other people is to love yourself first. And lastly, we say that everything is about um, uh, about the, the life is well, the things that should get you going in life, things that get you, get you excited in life are, are the things uh, that are spiritual things, things that really matter. And uh, and the reason why you you don't you don't give up your life is because you want to have more life. Life is just one big opportunity. So have a wonderful Shabbos, Achrei Mois Kedoshim, and uh, we should hear good things.